hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns. And you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. If you're like me and suffer from insomnia, you know what? That's not fun. You know, I tried everything. I couldn't get a good night's sleep. And this is neither drug nor alcohol induced. That's right. It is my pillow. Mike Lindell invented it. And he fitted me for my first my pillow. And it's changed my life. I fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer. And the good news, you can too. Just go to MyPillow.com, promo code Sean. And take advantage of one of Mike Lindell's best offers, his special four-pack. You get 50% off two MyPillow premium pillows to go anywhere pillows. Now, MyPillow's made in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee, no risk to you, and a 10-year warranty. You don't want to spend more sleepless nights on a pillow tossing and turning that's not working for you. Just go to MyPillow.com right now. Use the promo code SEAN, and you get Mike Lindell's special four-pack. You get two MyPillow premium pillows, two go-anywhere pillows, 50% off, and you'll start getting the kind of peaceful and restful and comfortable and deep-healing and recuperative sleep you've been craving and deserve. MyPillow.com, promo code Sean. All right, 62 days. Hope the pressure is beginning to build in your heart, your mind, your soul, and you're beginning to absorb everything that is at stake. Um, You see it in the Kavanaugh hearings. I mean, it is we know so much more now than we knew yesterday. And it is just the typical radical left wing Democratic Party. And 
and all of all of their shenanigans on stage. There is not a single thing anybody if I open up the phones only took calls from Democrats for three hours that you could tell us. No, I know that would be a bad show. That wouldn't be a good show. <laughs> Linda's shaking her head. No, no, don't put me through that. I've been there, done that. We're way beyond that that uh, level. Um, but if I did, you would be hard pressed to get any positive, visionary agenda that's going to help the lives of the American people. That's going to make the country better than it is now. And all of the economic success we've been having now. And, it, you know, we see it on display. You, you saw yesterday what the Senate Democrats interrupting the Kavanaugh hearing 76 times, inviting all their radical left wing friends into the hearings. And one by one, whenever a Republican speaks, out they go. 76 uh, times the Senate Democrats interrupted the Kavanaugh hearing yesterday. You have every other second you watch the the angry protesters, you know, on display. And that's how judges build up a system of precedent over time by deciding one case at a time and not trying to do more than they can or more than they should. And judge, don't you think that it was it was all orchestrated. It was all planned. NBC News, uh, even they exposed how a call had taken place led by Chucky. I want to impeach Trump sooner than later. We have that on tape now. If you doubt what's going to what the midterm elections are all about. You had 70 people arrested yesterday. You had senators interrupting themselves 63 times just before lunch yesterday. And then you have the, the more bizarre conspiracies unfolding where, you know, liberals accusing a woman sitting behind Kavanaugh being a white supremacist, that she was holding up a, a signal behind Judge Kavanaugh of white supremacism. I, you know, I'm like, well, what are these people talking? Turns out that she's actually a Hispanic descendant of Holocaust survivors. There's there's no positive agenda that's going to improve the lives of the American people. And it gets even worse. It You know, the fiasco that we're watching today and we watched yesterday, Democrats trying to shut down the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings. You know, it was all Chuck Schumer's compromise plan that hours before Kavanaugh arrived for his Senate confirmation hearing yesterday, Schumer and all of his frustrated fellow Democrats they know that Kavanaugh is going to be a Supreme Court justice. Anyway, they're debating, well, we're going to lose. Maybe we'll stage a mass walkout and or not show up at all. And those discussions, you know, culminating during a Labor Day conference call and the senators, you know, weighed the drastic protest measures, but opted against them, worried about what the you know, what would come next and whether the fallout for a made-for-TV moment like that would undercut their efforts to defeat the nomination. I actually think they would have been better off not showing up or walking out because this minute-by-minute, minute, you know, their ties to radicalism on display every single day. And so this is what they decided over the Labor Day weekend. So with this whole travesty that you're watching today and yesterday, I guess in their view, is the tame and more responsible version of what it means to be a Democrat which is basically let's just blow up the whole process and let's follow the Ted Chappaquiddick Kennedy model and let's bork Judge Kavanaugh. It's not going to work. 
as hard as they try, or let's 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 find something and we can, you know, treat him like Clarence Thomas or any other number of 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 more originalist or conservative justices, which is why elections have consequences, which is why in 62 short days, it's going to matter what happens to the country based on how you vote. This midterm will have enormous consequences. We also found out that it looks like, you know, a lot of these people that are in that hearing today and yesterday, apparently, according to reports, there are witnesses that identified people getting paid to show up and protest. You know what? Immediately as they interrupted after the Democrats on the committee did their thing. And but about one minute into the Senate Judiciary Committee, Chairman Chuck Grassley's opening remarks for the whole hearing. You know, the protesters in the back protect the rights of people with disabilities. We need to protect this and protect that. At one point, Senator Dianne Feinstein leaned over to Grassley and guesses that the protests will go on all day. I wonder how she knew that. Anyway, but the bottom line is, at the end of the day, he's going to be a Supreme Court justice. And all these liberal groups out there, they're not having the success that they had hoped for. And we do know that all the documents, in fact, we've got five. You have, in terms of documents, that, that Judge Kavanaugh has handed over more than five times, I'm sorry, more than the last five nominees' documents totals combined. And Democrats, we're not getting enough documents. Well, they don't even read the ones that were put, that they could go and look at that had some either sensitivity or privilege associated with them. They had the opportunity to do it, and they don't care. And despite of what was long held as the Ginsburg standard, no hints, no forecasts, no previews, She's not going to respond to any specific question, and she's one of the most liberal judges on the Supreme Court. Anyway, there was uh, a couple of reports out there that there are a couple of doctors that were online waiting to attend the confirmation hearings for Kavanaugh, and they witnessed troublemakers being paid in cash. And NBC News reporting, the Capitol Hill correspondent, pre-planned all of these outrageous protests in the beginning. So you got basically Gateway Pundit saying, according to one report, yesterday's orchestrated attempt by Democrats, including cash payoffs and Democrats, you know, rent a protester uh, squads that they hired, actually witnessing and photographed by people who attended the hearings, giving money and, and getting paid. I'm sure that Robert Mueller will be looking into that any day now. I'm sure that's going to happen. Um, but it's still part of the obstruction. This is what you're going to get endless hearings if, in fact, the Democrats win in 62 days. And that is that is it. There's no vision to help the economy. There's no vision for the forgotten men and women in this country. There's no vision for economic growth and prosperity and job creation. There's no vision. Oh, there's no vision to to get people off of food stamps. Four million since this president has gotten into office. Uh, we have some other breaking news that I want to get to today. We'll have a lot uh, later on in the program when Sarah and Greg join us. Herschel Walker will join us on the Colin Kaepernick controversy as well today. Uh, and Colin Kaepernick can do whatever he wants. Nike can do whatever they want. They lost $4 billion in a day in cap share as it relates to Nike stocks down nearly 4%. I mean, it's a disaster if you own Nike stocks. Uh, why would you take somebody that wears cops or pig socks and 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 make him the face of your company? Yes, it's up to them. 
Now, we have two reports. One is that the president is expected to declassify what a lot of Congress and and people like myself and others have been calling for. What are the redacted 20 pages of documents from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act warrant? I believe this is the last warrant in particular that I've been told repeatedly that there's shocking information in there, information that should blow this entire Mueller, you know, witch hunt out into the open and that it's pretty damning and how it allowed the FBI to spy on, you know, a a Trump campaign associate in the lead up to a presidential election on top of everything else that we know. We also know today that Mark Meadows sent a letter to the DOJ and Jeff Sessions demanding the inspector general Michael Horowitz and this Utah guy that was appointed DOJ attorney John Ubert. Um, They want to now interview DOJ official Bruce Orr and investigate the critical violations as he was the conduit with the FBI's handling of the Russia investigation as it relates to Christopher Steele, as he had contacts both before and after the election, before and after Steele's firings. And it's very revealing, some 70-plus contacts that we know of now, and he testified before varying committees last week, you know, revealing that he knew that the Steele dossier was not something that it could ever be revealed in court. I think what is really shocking about this is now we discovered that, in fact, there is a direct tie from Bruce Orr and him being the conduit for Christopher Steele and taking that information and feeding it over to Robert Mueller's team vis-a-vis Andrew Weissman, you know, Robert Mueller's pit bull. And yet that information we all know was Clinton bought and paid for with funneled money through a law firm, through a group called Fusion GPS, an op research firm, hiring Christopher Steele to get Russian information that turned out to be Russian lies. And the question is, how, how in God's name did we get here? That you have now Andrew Weissman and the whole Mueller team caught up in this mess of Hillary Clinton's bought and paid for phony Russian dossier when they are supposedly looking into Russian collusion? I mean, at, at this point, it's almost a, a bad, sick, twisted, ugly joke here. And Meadows, the chairman of the Freedom Caucus, member of the House Government Reform Oversight Committee, releasing the letter encouraging both Sessions and Uber to investigate corruption in the FBI, Horowitz to investigate the new findings on Bruce Orr, demoted twice, his wife Nellie, you know, their ties to Fusion GPS, their relationship with Christopher Steele, their pushing a phony Russian dossier, and Bruce Orr back-channeling for Steele, who was dismissed by the FBI as an informant, now also making its way all the way to Robert Mueller's office or testifying to Congress that neither he nor his wife had been interviewed by the special counsel, Robert Mueller. Well, why would they? Because they were having regular contacts and conversations, apparently. If you believe this new information, there's one headline, and it was on Fox News. DOJ's Bruce Orr kept Mueller deputy, Andrew Weissman, in the loop about the anti-Trump dossier. And this is the same Weissman that had leaked just prior to being appointed by Mueller, who was leaking to the AP and other news media. Anyway, or testifying that neither he or his wife was interviewed by Mueller. Well, why would Mueller need to interview him? Because Bruce Orr is being a conduit for Christopher Steele's Clinton bought and paid for lies. A guy that has said repeatedly he never wanted Donald Trump to be president, just like Lisa Page and, and, and Peter Strzok. I mean, this whole thing stinks now to high heaven. 
And now we got the whole special counsel's office tainted by this garbage. It is it raises massive concerns about ore and steel and their role and their connection. And Hillary paid for lies to influence the American people used to obtain FISA warrants and then used apparently to back channel information. Well, I hope the firewalls hold. I, I, I hope that we're not caught. Um, I don't want to be uh, exposed. And uh, by the way, did, did the special your friends at the special counsel get the information I'm sending? This is Christopher Steele. Fired Christopher Steele. Phony dossier Christopher Steele. He's given information or to give to Robert Mueller's team. Told you this guy Weissman was a bad guy from the beginning. And if you want to have an honest investigation, that's not the guy you want on your team. It's like you don't hire Clinton's former attorney for her Clinton Foundation. He did that too. It's unbelievable. Witch hunt? That's just the least of it. When are we going to get some fairness and equal justice under the law? Maybe we're making progress. Maybe they now, by saying they'll accept some written answers, maybe they now see that all of these guys are going to be implicated here. So they'll say, okay, it's a wash. Okay, uh, here's a report. We're done. Let's get out of this and never talk about it again and hope the Democrats win in all these investigations and they get to shut up people like Hannity and and Greg Jarrett and Sarah Carter because nobody will pay attention to us because there won't be members of Congress that will investigate it. With only a kite, a house key, and wet hemp string, Benjamin Franklin captured lightning in a bottle. Over 260 years later, with a little resourcefulness, ingenuity, and grit, we're not only capturing energy from the sun and wind, we're storing it, ensuring Americans have the energy they need whenever they need it. Learn more about the nation's leader in energy storage at nexteraenergy.com. Some of the important highlights from the Meadows letter is a transcribed interview with Bruce Orr that he points out raises grave concerns related to his role as a conduit between Christopher Steele and the FBI as Steele compiled what turned out to be phony Russian information that he wouldn't even stand for, wouldn't even stand up for himself. Everybody seems to forget that part as they were disseminating this false information to influence the American people and basically rob votes from people because of their propaganda and lies and then using it to to get warrants in the in the case of Carter Page. But or was flagging instances in which the FBI and the DOJ broke from established protocol to further their investigation of the Trump campaign. Orr's testimony revealed that he had recorded how the status of his wife as a contractor for Fusion GPS presented, yeah, a conflict of interest. Also said how they understood Steele's dossier would never hold up in a court of law. Then how did it become the basis of a FISA warrant? Because in August of 2016, before the FISA court approved the FISA application of surveillance on Carter Page, well, Bruce Orr recorded this apparent conflict of interest and firsthand evidence of Steele's bias. And according to Orr's testimony, none of this was included in the FISA application given to the secret courts. Now you've got Comey, you got Sally Yates, you got Rod Rosenstein and other high ranking officials of the DOJ signing off on these FISA applications and subsequent renewals. Um, And then it's being fed to Andrew Weissman, we find out. The way we operate in the Department of Justice, if we can accuse somebody of wrongdoing, 
We have to have admissible evidence and credible witnesses. We need to prepare to prove our case in court. And we have to affix our signature to the charging document. That's something that not everybody appreciates. Uh, there's a lot of talk about FISA applications. And many people that I, I see talking about it seem not to recognize uh, what a FISA application. A FISA application is actually a warrant, just like a search warrant. Uh, in order to get a FISA uh, search warrant, you need an affidavit signed by a career federal law enforcement officer who swears that the information in the affidavit is true and correct to the best of his knowledge and belief. Uh, and that's the way we operate. And if it's wrong, sometimes it is, if you find out there's anything incorrect in there, that person is going to face consequences. Mr. President, a lot of people are frustrated. A lot of your supporters are frustrated with the DOJ, with Jeff Sessions. There are rumors that you're going to fire him after the midterms and Rosenstein. They also want these documents. They're wondering if you will use your power to get these documents yeah. released. At the right time, I think I'm going to have to do the documents. I didn't want to, uh, but I think I'm going to have to. There's such corruption before I got here. It's from before I got here. It's the Obama administration. And you look at what happened. They surveilled my campaign. It's very simple. The FISA report, the phony fake. Rosenstein signed the last FISA report. Uh, it bothers me. It's always Will bothered. you fire him? Will you fire Sessions? Well, I'll tell you what. As I've said, I wanted to stay uninvolved. But when everybody sees what's going on in the Justice Department, I always put justice now with quotes. It's a very, very sad day. So what's going to happen, I think, and Sarah Carter, who's going to join us later in the program, was hinting at, is it's pretty clear it just is so obvious now that they're going to the president's going to unredact those 20 pages. Now Rod Rosenstein saying, "Well, we we you need to know. We sign off on it. We the full faith and credibility of anybody that puts their signature there." Why do I think those words are going to come back to bite him? Because if it's true that the the bulk about of the of the FISA warrants, that was an interesting answer, by the way, that the bulk of the information for the FISA warrants, the predicate of it was all the steel dossier. Then they've got to answer a very important question. How much vetting of the dossier did they ever do, if any? Because if they put their full faith and credit and their name behind all of this, a professional law enforcement organization person, and I love law enforcement. By the way, all these guys... I dare you to do that on TV tonight. Oh, I do this all the time. No, I dare you to do what you just did that is not available or, to our radio you mean, audience. You mean making the faces There's that I'm a making? visual aspect to that mm. sound making. Well, I do do it on TV. I go... That's not what we just saw. Oh, we put together a great montage for TV tonight. You know how I do? The Democrats go from crisis to crisis to crisis to crisis. I think we've got our best montage ever that's visual. That's one thing you can do on TV. So we have to paint pictures. Unless, of course, we could do our Twitter live uh, events. How many people they watch the last one? They love conservatives, by the way, at Twitter. So, you know, why not? Well, apparently there are reports to the contrary. There's a hot seat today. Hot seat. Where? Oh, for Jack? On Capitol Hill for Jack. Yeah, I saw that. Well, you know, he needs... The only thing I got out of him, I thought he was trying to be fair... He is. Then he made a crappy comment about me. He did not. Yes, he did. He did not. He absolutely did no, so. No, it was taken out of context. No, it was not taken yes, out of context. Yes, it was. Well, I didn't go on to be on with Hannity. I just want to reach no, his big audience. No, what he was saying was... Why I am, are you sticking up for him? First of all, I have talked to him Why don't you go length. work for him at length? Okay, bye. Why Singapore with him? 
But it's so annoying that you're defending the guy. I'm not defending him. I'm giving you a different point of view. No, you're defending him. And no. there's no defense of the comment that he Excuse made. Excuse me. We were nice to him. Excuse we asked me. him fair questions. When you, I agree with you that the way in which it read, as opposed to the way in which it was said. Okay, get me the audio. Pull, could, pull the audio up. and no then we'll audio. Do it. It's a print article. It's a print article. So, oh. so... What happened was he meant to say what he was trying to convey was he likes my audience, but he no, didn't like me. He was saying, listen, my dad's a Republican. He's hardcore. I've listened to Hannity. I've listened to Rush. I know all these people, but their audiences deserve to hear from me, too. So whether you like him or you don't like him, their people matter. Everybody matters. OK, you're welcome. I don't agree with anything she just said, but rather than waste the whole half hour on this, we'll move on. I don't think it's wasteful at all. So in the wake of the reports that the Justice Department official Bruce Orr is feeding bogus intelligence on then-candidate Trump to future Mueller prosecutor Andrew Weissman, and how long did that go on for? Because that now taints Andrew Weissman worse than Peter Strzok and Lisa Page that worked on the Mueller team. I mean, at some point here, there's got to be some, you know, uh, you think of the Jeff Sessions recusal. And then you put this through, you never would ever get a fair investigation. You never hire somebody that has the track record of the people that Robert Mueller has hired. And this has now emerged into, oh, loan applications from years gone by and tax returns from years gone by. And, you know, indicting, you know, uh, the equivalent of CIA officials in Russia that you're never going to get to the United States. There's never going to be a trial on those indictments ever. And then the Russian bot companies, they never expected a response. So what did they get a response? Well, judge, we would like to withhold discovery on these companies. That's not going to fly in any courtroom. If, in fact, you're going to charge them, They have a right to see the information, the evidence that you've got that you want to charge them with. It is standard operating procedure or the case is going to blow up and it's going to be thrown out of court. But on the other hand, if they really are Russian bot companies, and by the way, I'm not defending Russia and the hostile regime that Russia is or the nefarious activities that they are involved in or the undermining of our elections and our electoral process. But in all fairness, this happened on Obama's watch. And in all fairness, this is the same Obama that says, tell, tell Vladimir that I'll have more flexibility after the election. My last, my last one. Yeah, after yeah. my election, I have more flexibility. More flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I understand. I conveyed to Vladimir immediately. Yeah, really? And what did Obama do about any of this? Nothing. And it's gone on as far back as when he was running for office. Devin Nunes warned specifically in 2014 about the 2016 presidential elections and Russia and what Russia would do to create chaos in our elections. And the good news is that our system kind of held up, didn't impact any of the numbers, we're told, again and again. But it still is, why is it happening? And the person that's put the toughest sanctions on Russia is Donald Trump. I mean, you know, I guess you can say that there is a concession in the works here, but I'm not so sure that I trust anybody involved in this whole process. Why should we trust them? You know, what what have they done to earn our trust in this in terms of the investigation? 
Now, I'm guessing as, as, as this now moves closer and closer to not only Rod Rosenstein, if we get those 20 pages, he signed off himself on the last Pfizer warrant. And if the 20 pages are just the steel dossier and the rest is smoke, mirrors, and total BS, then the very comment of him putting his full faith and confidence into you know, our credibility as law enforcement, then he's got a problem. Andrew Weissman was getting the, the Christopher Steele lies through Bruce Orr funneled to him, and he's part of Team Mueller. Well, that's another big problem for them because now it goes right to the Mueller investigation. Now, let's start where it started. Hillary Clinton and her team, they set out, they funnel money, the DNC Hillary Clinton, to a law firm, Perkins Coie. Perkins Coie then funnels it to an op research firm, which shows up, by the way, on campaign finance reports as a legal expense, not an op research expense. By the way, equal justice under the law. Maybe if it was Michael Cohn that did it, or maybe if it was Paul Manafort that did it, or I guess they got their sights now. They're, they're pulling in Jerome Corsi. To, I guess they're setting their sights on Roger Stone next. Roger Stone wasn't a part of the Trump campaign. Roger Stone, I'll repeat, was not a part of the Trump campaign. I was there. I knew. I followed it. I was actively involved all the time in the lead-up to the 2016 election. I was one of the few people that said Trump can win. And I was my obituary was written a thousand times over if, in fact, he had lost. Trust me. But back to the point. So it starts with Hillary and, and, and DNC money. She's controlling the DNC money at that time, according to Donna Brazil. They funnel the money to a law firm, legal expense, on the campaign finance reports. Well, that would be a lie because that money was then funneled over to Fusion GPS. They then hire Christopher Steele. I thought foreign nationals weren't supposed to be influencing our elections. He comes up with a fake, phony, fraudulent dossier full of Russian lies, salacious lies that were never verified or corroborated. Okay, that information is not only disseminated to the American people in the lead-up to an election because they want to influence the election They want you to vote against Trump. They've already gone way deep in for Hillary, their favorite candidate. All the people in the Russia investigation hate Trump. Steele on record hating Trump. Bruce Orr hates Trump. His wife, Nellie, works for Fusion GPS. Page and Strzok, they hate Trump. And they want Hillary. Oh, and Comey obviously hated Trump. And then you've got all of them exonerating her enabling her to get to the point where she can pay or funnel the money into the law firm, into the op research firm, hiring the, the foreign national to get Russian lies to influence our elections. But now you got to go back even further. Then you got, oh, well, this relationship with the fired Christopher Steele, the guy that in his own country under the threat of perjury wouldn't even stand up for his own freaking dossier and said, I don't know if it's true. I have no idea. Maybe 50-50. It's raw intelligence. I don't know. Well, then he's still feeding this information to the FBI after he's fired for lying and leaking. And Bruce Ord turns out to be the conduit. Remember, his wife, Nellie, works for Fusion GPS. And now we're discovering that, oh, all of these messages. Jeez, I hope the firewalls hold. 
I don't want to be exposed. Did you get in touch with your friends at the SC? That would be the special counsel. Well, who's the contact at the special counsel? Well, now we know. It's Bruce Orr. And Bruce Orr kept Mueller's deputy, his pit bull, Robert Mueller's pit bull, in the loop about the phony Russian dossier. You can't make this up. It's so bad. But it's all true. Quote, Weissman was kept in the loop on the dossier. A source said while he was chief of the criminal fraud division, now assigned to special counsel Robert Mueller's team. Now, when are we ever going to ask the FBI, again, not rank and file. I always want to make the distinction because it's not fair to rank and file. Remember, they pulled this, Comey pulled this out of the field offices. Now we've got to ask the question, how much effort did they, if any, did they ever put into verifying and corroborating the Steele dossier that Hillary paid for with the funneled money, et cetera, et cetera. Because if they didn't try to verify it and corroborate it, and they still used it as the basis to get a FISA warrant to spy on a campaign associate of Trump, we know they didn't tell the court that Hillary paid for it. They knew it, but they didn't tell her. But then if they don't verify or corroborate it, they're still putting their name to it and attaching their name to it. As Rod Rosenstein, a full faith and credibility of, okay, well, that would mean they didn't do their due diligence. And they were doing it because obviously they had a desire to destroy this president. You understand that this is, this is what it's always been about. They saved Hillary, the favored, the anointed candidate here, And they set out in every way to destroy Trump. And they bought into this phony dossier that Hillary is the originator of. And it's now making its way into the special counsel's office. You've got to be kidding me. This is unbelievable. And I think Orr is probably knows he's facing jail time. Sounds like Orr is singing or composing. Probably just singing, because based on the fact that he has all these notes, I would assume the notes corroborate what he's currently telling Congress. So we got to get that information. We also got to get the 302s. In other words, the conversations that were recorded that some have alleged and told me that may have been changed. Linda's actually eating real food, a French fry. That is shocking. What is it, a, a stress? That's fake news. I don't know what you're talking you're about. You're eating a French fry. You're going to lie. I have a bridesmaid's dress Ethan, to wear. Ethan, what is she wearing? Oh, I'm wearing. What is she eating? Bridesmaid's no dresses and French fries. I was, I was asking no two questions. No comment on both. Is she eating French fries or not? They appear to be French fries. I mean, I don't know what they, they want to be Jason, called. Jason, what's she eating? I can't see. It's way. She's all the way on the other side it's of so the studio. Far. There's I, so I, I can't see space. nothing. This is your opportunity to step up. What is she eating? Her first week on the job here. No idea. Wow. You're welcome. Wow. You just put your, 
Uh, uh, Jason, really? A2, Brute? Really? I'm, I'm looking at you, man. It's like, I don't have time to look at what other Who people has are time What to is look in at... that thing Who that she's eating out of? Who can look at anything else but you and your sparkling You're voice eating French fries. I'll take a picture and show the audience. Any? Are you jealous? No, I don't want any French do, fries. Do you want something too... to eat? Don't you think my food's disgusting? I'll pour some salt on them. It well, could be veggie fries. I'm surprised you haven't put, like, orange puke on it like you usually oh, eat Oh, I'll throw day. up right now and we'll tweet it out. Or something green that looks like Linda Blair projectile. <laughs> All right, glad you're with us. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. It's a pretty fascinating development in that I, as an um, op-ed in the New York Times, I am part of the resistance inside the Trump administration. New York Times saboteur inside the White House. It's interesting how the New York Times set it, sets it up, the Times today is taking the rare step of publishing an anonymous op-ed essay. We have done so at the request of the author, a senior official in the Trump administration whose identity is known to us and whose job would be jeopardized by its disclosure. We believe publishing this essay anonymously is the only way to deliver an important perspective to our readers, especially 62 days out of an election. Um, We invite you to submit a question about the essay or our vetting process here. Not that they care. And it goes on. President Trump's uh, presidency is unlike any we faced. Special counsel looms large. Well, it's all evidence is there's no evidence of collusion. I could take this apart sentence by sentence. Or that the country is bitterly divided over the president's leadership. Uh, that's happened many times in our history. Or the party may lose the House Uh, to an opposition party hell-bent on his downfall. That's not his fault. The dilemma, which he does not fully grasp, yes, he does. Yes, he fully does, is that many senior officials, this party doesn't know, in his own administration are working diligently from within to frustrate parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. I would know. I am one. Pretty amazing, stunning betrayal, but... To be clear, ours is not the popular resistance of the left. We want the administration to succeed and think that policies have already made America safer and more prosperous. Now, that's not going to be the focus, that part. And then we have, but it goes on, we believe our first duty is to the country and the president continues to act in a manner that is detrimental to the health of our republic. What has he done? What has the president done that is not healthy? And then it goes on to say the problem, the root of the problem is the president's amorality. Anyone who works with him knows he's not moored to any discernible first principles that guide his decision making. This is where this is obviously all political. Because this president, more than any modern day president, has adhered to every single promise and fought to keep every single promise he has made. And it goes on this this tangent about, well, they, they, nobody likes that he says enemy of the people. Fine. Okay, understood. But then it goes on to this whole thing about Russia and North Korea, et cetera. Is it that we don't get the hostages back from North Korea? Is it that we don't get back our the, the bodies of, of brave men and women that, that died many decades ago? Is it not good that... Kim Jong-un stopped firing his missiles, and they're wrong, too. There's nobody that's been tougher on Russia than Donald Trump. 
that this is the environment we live in, where people think they themselves are bigger than others. Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House, joins us. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, and I think everybody in the audience needs to understand what this person writing the New York Times is saying is that just because the American people, by the millions, selected somebody to be president has no impact on them, that they are taking on themselves the moral authority to break the law, to repudiate the commander-in-chief, to basically repudiate our whole constitutional process, and they are now going to decide what they think is right. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really, if you think about it, it is an amazing statement of their willingness to make themselves bigger than the entire American system. And it tells you what people mean when they talk about the swamp and they talk about the deep state. I mean, here's a person emerging anonymously in the New York Times to say, in essence, yes, I am the deep state, and I am going to do everything I can to make sure that President Trump cannot perform the job that the American people gave him. Now, if you think about it, that's an extraordinary statement of arrogance on the part of some person who didn't win the election, didn't run for office, has never told the rest of us what they believe in, but they've now decided not only that they're going to undermine the president of the United States, but they're going to go to the New York Times and tell the rest of the country how proud they are of undermining the American president. You know what's amazing? Because it does remind me a lot of, like, Peter Strzok and his arrogant attitude and, and Comey and some of these other people that have acted in ways that they show that they think, well, Peter Strzok in his own words, they're smelly Walmart people, Trump supporters, and that, you know, or irredeemable deplorables or people that cling to their God, guns, Bibles, and religion. There's a contempt for the American people and their decision in this election. I've never seen a president that, that works so hard to stick to the promises that he's made, and it's just faulty on so many different levels, but this person has an agenda. And the agenda is to make themselves look good and, and hurt the president. But there's a super patriot mentality here. And tell me if I'm wrong, that they think they are better, that they think they are smarter, that they think their decisions are more important than what the American people think. It's a contempt, really, for the American people, a hatred of what they want and what they voted for. Well, and if you look at the contempt for the entire process of honest, open self-government. I mean, you can like President Trump, you can dislike President Trump, but in a hard-fought two-year campaign, he beat 16 other Republicans for the nomination. He beat Hillary Clinton in a billion-dollar campaign and the left-wing news media for the presidency. And under our constitutional principles, if this person doesn't agree with him, the correct answer is to resign. I mean, we have a system here where you can say, well, you know, I find this guy to be so unacceptable as president, I'm resigning. That's totally honorable, uh, and it would be out in the open. But instead, this person is basically saying to the whole country, I am taking on the right to sabotage the American government on behalf of whatever my whack-out values are, uh, because I've decided that I am smarter than the American people, I am smarter than Donald Trump, uh, and that therefore I have every right to screw up the whole system. Well, if you think about it, that is an extraordinary uh, series of things for somebody to say. If this person is discovered and found out, would there be consequences besides being fired? 
Well, I think you ought to start with firing. I think that's a good starting point. Uh, there might be consequences. The whole government, as you were pointing out about Peter Strzok, the whole government is riddled with people who buried their, who burrowed their way in, who are sitting around with absolute contempt for the American people, absolute contempt for President Trump, and a genuine willingness to sabotage us every chance they get. And, and this is an ongoing, continuing problem. And, of course, it's what happens when you get a genuine change election and the grassroots Americans rise up and decide they're sick of the bureaucrats and they're sick of the elites uh, and they want to have a real change. Well, you have to expect that the elites and the bureaucrats are going to cling to power as long as they can. And the job the rest of us have, starting with the president, is to just root them out and get rid of them. Let me ask, um, now that we've got a lot more information and there's a lot developing on the deep state today, and what do we find out that Bruce Orr and Christopher Steele, that they're talking about firewalls that they set up and, and in a preview of, of James Comey's testimony before Congress, then they're talking about, well, we hope we don't get exposed, and now we're discovering that, in fact, uh, Christopher Steele is asking Bruce Orr, did you get the information to your friends at the SC, the special counsel? And now we find out that Andrew Weissman was getting materials from Bruce Orr that was funneled to him through Christopher Steele. And if you chase that back to where it all originated, it's all Hillary Clinton and money funneled through a law firm into an op research firm that hires Christopher Steele and ends up with Russian lies. Now it ends up right on the lap of Mueller in terms of their taking in the lies of, of Christopher Steele, who himself in an interrogatory wouldn't even stand behind his own dossier. Well, maybe 50-50. It's raw intelligence. I have no idea if any of this is true. And that's the basis of four FISA warrant applications and granted FISA warrants. Someday when we can get enough distance, somebody's going to write this book and do this movie. That are going to be absolutely unbelievable. I mean, but but I, I see. I, well, who's going to play you and who's going to play me? That's all that matters. I'm kidding. Oh no, we're, we're bit players compared to the. No, players. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But here's my deeper point. Here's my deeper point. People are going to realize someday that the system was so corrupt that the effort to stop Trump became so desperate, and the effort to prop up Hillary became so desperate that so many different laws were being broken by so many different government employees that sorting this out is going to take several years. And frankly, even today, partially because of the failure of the Justice Department, which is one of the real uh, castles, if you will, or citadels, of uh, the deep state, and partially because the House and Senate Republicans just aren't aggressive enough, we still don't know how bad this is. I mean, uh, Devin Nunes, to give him credit, has worked his tail off and, and, and taken new tweets and continued to push. But there should be a much bigger concerted effort to dig into this and find out how bad it really is. Well, I think that it is so sick that... When we fully understand how bad it has been, uh, we will realize how close we came to having our system just corrupted in a way that would not have survived. Let me ask you about the election. 62 days from now, if you look at the polls, 
generic ballot, Republicans are down. If you look at the news cycle, I mean, Bob Woodward's book comes out, all the 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 outrage of the day, the feigned outrage of the day, everything goes on. So I guess the question is, how do Republicans win in 62 days? Um, and what are your feelings about it? I don't really have a feeling yet of how this is going to turn out. Well, I, I have a paper you'll get a copy of in the next day or two uh, on the 2018 election. And as you know, somebody who helped design 1980 and helped design 1994 and a few other campaigns, uh, my view is really simple. If the Republicans have the guts to raise the really big issues and make this a really big choice election, they will break the Democrats. They will gain seats in the House, and they could gain as many as eight seats in the Senate. Now, the problem is there's virtually no Republican consultant who has a vision capable of imagining that outcome. But the truth is, when, when Reagan ran in 1980, and, and I helped put together the first Capitol Steps event in history, and we got all those candidates up on the steps, we picked up 12 U.S. Senate seats in 1980. We won six of them by a combined total of 75,000 votes. Now, I can't imagine a campaign this fall, excuse me, excuse me, which has a very similar pattern. Let me give you an example. 84% of the country, 84% believes that sanctuary cities increase the risk of crime. And, of course, just had this tremendous crime in Houston where four MS-13 gang members chopped to death, uh, literally chopped into pieces, uh, somebody who'd been collaborating with the Houston police force. Uh, so let's start with that. Mm-hmm. All right, well, why don't the we take a quick break? i, I got to come back, but I really want this strategy laid out. Uh, Newt Gingrich uh, with us, 800-941-SHAWN, toll-free telephone number. Uh, and his book, by the way, does spell out all the success of the Trump administration. None of these other books do. All right, as we continue, Newt Gingrich is with us. Um, I just want to let you free associate in a sense of 62 days. I think one of the most important midterms, Democrats want to impeach. They want open borders, get rid of ICE, keep Obamacare. They want their crumbs back. They want endless investigation but not into the deep state. How do you win? How do you get people that that voted for Trump to understand that their entire agenda is in jeopardy here? Well, I, th- I think you make it a big choice election. You, you hammer away at the things that matter in people's lives. Uh, you stay in California with Democratic nominee Gavin Newsom, who has proposed uh, universal free health care. Uh, which means that you're going to attract a planet who has a disease uh, to come to California. I mean, if you explain that to the people of California, Wilson would be gone and we would have had a revolution in the whole political power structure of the country. If you take the Feinstein bill for an open borders, which every single Democrat in the Senate has co-sponsored, <clears throat> every single one of the Democrats who's up for re-election could be in trouble. There's not a state in the country that has 25% of the people favoring open borders because common sense Americans understand that in the age of the jet airplane, in the age of the Internet, if you had open borders, you'd have 40, 50, 60 million people showing up. It's yeah. totally unsustainable. It's unsustainable so now. That, that yeah. Right. But I'm just saying, I'm going to say, this is who they really are. 
this is what they want to do. They make them own their slogans. And I think the Republican Party is willing to go toe-to-toe, just like Margaret Thatcher or Ronald Reagan. You want to go to this, what Trump did to Hillary in October of, of, of 2016. I've got to run, but Mr. Speaker, we're going to stay on this all throughout the 62 days leading up to the most important election, midterm election in our lives. Thank you for being with us. Herschel Walker next. He's put his money where his mouth is, nearly a million dollars to community efforts to be a bridge builder. Familiar with a gentleman by the name of Colin Kaepernick? Uh, Colin Kaepernick, the basketball player, right? Do you know who Colin Kaepernick is? I have no idea who that is. You don't know Colin Kaepernick I don't watch is? television. I probably wouldn't even watch this. Nike just announced they've made Colin Kaepernick right. the new face of their Just Do It 30th right. anniversary campaign. You think they made a good choice? Yes, because I think he legitimately does protest in a good way. I think they made a good choice. Um, just talk to me in about a month when their stocks go down. I respect what he does. I think everybody should have the choice whether they want to stand up or not. I personally don't agree with that type of protest, um, but if Nike chooses him and they think he's the best one, then so be it. Do you think that it would be smart for businesses to stop with the politics? To my mind, yes, but, but again, it's like, well, where do you draw the line? All right, there was uh, Tommy Lahren asking people last night on Hannity what they think of this controversy. Uh, we now have, after, what, the 30th anniversary of Nike, just do it, and now they have Colin Kaepernick. You know, believe in something, and, you know, he acts like he's the big victim in all of this, which isn't exactly true if you look at his record. You know, it's a, a pretty interesting development in as much as I don't support boycotts, but I look at Nike, and I look at last night we showed you on television— Colin Kaepernick wearing socks depicting police officers as pigs. And I'm like, okay, uh, why? Why a broad sweeping generalization against men and women, the vast overwhelming 99% of which every day go to work to protect and serve and put their lives on the line for us and to keep all of us safe? And it seems why would why would Nike in any way want to get involved with, with Colin Kaepernick and that controversy? And what's fascinating on an economic from an economic standpoint, if you own Nike shares and stock, you're probably not a happy camper today because after they announced that, you know, the cop bashing and take a knee when the national anthem is playing kind of washed up quarterback Colin Kaepernick is going to be the new face of the company. Well, their stock took a four billion dollar nosedive. I thought the whole idea of celebrity endorsements was to add to company revenues. What do I know? I, I, I hope to, I don't own any stock in Nike. I have no idea. I don't like the stocks, period. I don't even know what I own. I let the financial people do all that stuff. I have no clue. I don't. I have no idea. Anyway, Nike shares fell 3.2%. And uh, joining us now is one of the greatest NFL uh, players of all time. He also played for Donald Trump's team, the New Jersey Generals, years ago. One of the the best athletes I've ever met in my life, played for the Vikings, the Eagles, the New York Giants, and uh, now he's a mixed martial artist. He actually got in the octagon, which I can't believe he did, and Herschel's partnership with Rocky Ridge Trucks. How are you, my friend? Hello there. How are you doing? I'm good. How many push-ups are you doing every day? Uh, I've done 1,500 this morning. So I've done 1,500 push-ups this morning. You did 1,500 push-ups. How many sit-ups? Uh, 3,500, 3,500 sit-ups. Oh, you know, I, I kind of am proud of the fact that I do 100, 120 push-ups a day. I do... Uh, well, I've been telling you, that's a start. That's uh, a start. Well, I do about you, 150. You do more. I still have the video when you were in my radio studio 
Well, we'll actually put it up on Hannity.com now, and we did push-ups together, and I think you were surprised I could even do them. No, I was very impressed. I was very impressed. I, your conditioning is, is incredible, and I was so impressed. And I've told everyone, I said, you know, Hannity is in shape. I said, you know, I see him on television almost, almost every night, and I tell you what, I always thought you were in shape, but having an opportunity to be there with you and, and see it for myself, I, I'm impressed. I, I would love, I train four to five days a week with my sensei and, and doing mixed martial arts. It's an eclectic blend of, of Krav Maga, Kempo, Jiu-Jitsu, uh, boxing, and street fighting. That's what it really is. It's situational. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you respond to blades and firearms and sticks and, and how to defend yourself? And, you know, if you have to protect yourself, how to win and win very quickly. I'd love to train with you if you're in New York uh, one day. I'd love to have you come out and hang out with us. Listen, I know you could kick my ass, but it doesn't matter. I still will take the hit. Well, I tell you what, that's what's so brave that you uh, say you're, you're stepping in and do it. I think that's I think that's awesome, and I you know, I've become a big fan because of that because you know I'm a big martial artist, been in oh. it for almost forty something years, and I, I tell all kids, I think every kid in America should have a, a take a martial arts class and got nothing to do with fighting. I think you got to do with discipline because it is a martial art. It's an art, and it's not just uh, about fighting it's about confidence it's about respect and uh, i think every every kid in america should do that so we can learn some respect in this country listen every single solitary session i've been now six years at this i we bow in and we show respect if we're working with any type of weaponry you know you hold your weapon down you make sure that your partner at the time that there is full complete acknowledgement uh we pay very close attention we're not trying to kill each other or hurt each other but we do go full force and if somebody taps you you let up immediately and we all tap all the time you know if we're just practicing so new that's techniques what is about. yeah it's a lot of it's a lot of respect you don't want to hurt your training partners in any way so I hope you I hope you remember when you come out and train with me that you don't want to kill me because <laughs> I think you probably well, could. I'm going to say the same thing to you. <laughs> uh, I don't want you to kill me and, uh, and put it no, on you. No, no way. That would hurt my reputation a little bit. <laughs> Listen, me getting hit in the face by Herschel Walker would only be good for me. And, you know, there'd be so many people saying, Herschel's my hero. I love him even more than ever. <laughs> Um, let me ask you about Colin Kaepernick. What did he go? One and eleven, I guess the the last year of his career as a backup quarterback. He did have a couple of good years. Um, he was a running quarterback, but the you know NFL defenses they they kind of caught on to how he played, and and they they he, he didn't seem to adjust well from my position. He thinks there's a conspiracy against him. I didn't like the socks that he was wearing, and I don't like the idea. I think that if we really just stop and think about all the Americans that have fought and bled and died to give us the freedom to either play football or watch football on Saturday college, on Sunday pros, that we ought to respect the flag, and that ought to be one thing that we all agree on. Now, I have, I'm all for people protesting. I'm all for social justice. I'm all for righting wrongs and correcting injustices, um, but I still think that the flag is should be sacrosanct. And for me, it's just become, you know, I don't even tune into the NFL anymore. I watch football on Saturday. Well, it's become a sad situation to me. It's become a sad situation because I love our military, 
And our military is the reason we're the best country in the world. And, you know, they first started this, uh, you know, some of the players says, got nothing to do with the military. And I said, no, 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 it does. Got to do with our flag. Got to do with our, what we are, what we are as a country. And, you know, and I go back to uh, Colin Kaepernick and, you know, I don't know him. Uh, we never sit down and we never spoken. But I always come up with the question that, you know, he was not the starting quarterback when he decided to protest. And I said, if he was a starting quarterback, would he have done what he done? Now, what I was insulted by the just last night, I was insulted when I heard someone compare he what he was doing to Muhammad Ali. And I said, now, that is totally an insult. It's a totally insult because Muhammad Ali did what he did when there was a very a lot of racism going on. Muhammad Ali was the world champion. I mean, the world champion. He, 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 he did give Never everything conference. up. He gave it all up. He did. He, he gave everything up. When, and I'm not putting Kaepernick uh, uh, down. My problem that I have is don't say you gave up everything for your voice. And then your voice is what? Your voice, every police officer is not a bad guy. You know, you have a small, a, a small, small amount, amount of guys that may have some problems that may be a rotten apple. But every officer is not a bad person and i think that's the problem i have and the problem i had also is to for him to put on his sock that police officers are pigs whenever there's a problem who do you call you call the police and they show up well these guys put their life on the line every every day they have their families you know they give up so much to protect these citizens and for us to now to put have people that protesting against that is an insult to me because, you know, I love this country. And I said, we have to stop what we're doing. One of the problems we have to stop, and, and I'm not going to get political here, we have our politicians that we have a man that we voted into office. We need to respect that office. We need to respect the White House and stop, stop everyone thinking that they have a voice, everyone thinking that they have their, this election is over. One of the things that is beautiful about this country, and it was done by our military, is they fought to give us the rights to vote. They fought to give us the rights to vote. So if you don't like this president, vote him out in the next election. And then you can get someone new, but do not, do not disrespect him while he's in office. The same thing with Kevin, with, with Colin Kavanaugh. Right now, if you have a problem, do it in the right manner. And my problem I have with that, I've not, I, and I don't know this for a fact, I read this, that there's been teams that has offered him an opportunity to play, and it just didn't work out. Well, why didn't it work out? Why didn't you not want to play? Well, for Nike to say that he's going to become the face, is he becoming the face for a political statement, or is he becoming the face for an athlete? Because he's not playing. You know, I I watched Tim Tebow. You know, a lot of teams didn't want to take on Tim Tebow because he did bring attention because he expressed his faith on the football field. Now, a lot of people don't even know this, but I think one of the great things about football is – You've got gladiators and warriors out there that are the top fittest athletes in the world, and they go out and they play their hearts out for us. And then at the end of the game, they it, other teams, everyone gets in a circle, a lot of them, and they say a prayer at the end of the game, which I think is actually really we don't we don't pay enough enough attention to that kind of camaraderie. You know, I watched uh, Rafi Nadal last night win seven five in a fifth set, nearly five hour match that he that he had in the quarterfinals and. Um, at the end of the match, he showed such respect to his opponent, 
who took him and pushed him. It could have gone either way at the end of that match. And, and that's he why went we, over the net and hugged him. He did. He went over the net and hugged the guy. And, you know, I, I actually think that there is a, a way to thread this needle. And that is that if... Well, I think the way to thread it, let's let's get back to the way that it should have been threaded at the beginning. And, and you know, people got to get angry at me, but I, I want to talk the truth here. The way it should have been done is the commissioner should have been the leader. Mm-hmm. First of all, you got to get good leaders. The commissioner should have stopped it at the beginning and said, if this is a problem, we will handle this off. This is a football field. It's not a place to protest. And it starts out with the leaders. And I, and I take this, you know, our president makes some very difficult decisions. A lot of people don't like him. A lot of people don't like what he says. A lot of people got a lot to say, but he makes those decisions. Where the commissioner of the NFL, when this first started, should have said at that time, no, everyone was staying. And even today, no one want to come out and say what is the right thing to do. Everyone stands. Everyone want to be politically correct. Well, let me become the commissioner, and I will say everyone will stand, or you will be either fined, or you'll be off the team. That's what's going to happen. Well, you, you, you can't do certain da- you can't do certain dances in the end zone, or uh, certain gestures on the field, and you can't put anything you want on your uniform. There are all sorts of NFL prohibitions against free speech. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll come back more with my uh, friend Herschel Walker on the other side. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean is our number. Sarah and Greg, new big information. This whole Mueller investigation looks like it could be coming uh, tumbling down. All right, as we continue with football, great. Our good friend Herschel Walker is with us. I did have a conversation with Robert Kraft, and and he apparently at one point told his team, if there's anything, any cause you feel strongly about, tell me about it. I'll work with you. We'll go into the community, and I'll match you dollar for dollar. And I thought, you know what? Well, to me, that would have been the answer. We could have done a, a lot of good could have come out of this for, for people that need help. Well, that's that's exactly what I'm saying is that it is it is interesting because this is football. And if you want to protest, protest outside of that. Why does everyone want to protest during football season? What happened during the all season? This matter been going on. So why did you not protest outside of football? Why do you wait till the season to start the protest? Why it become a big issue here? And, you know, this is my opinion. Police officers, there's a few bad apples out there, yes. But the majority of our policemen are great, great people. The majority of our policemen are great, great people. The national anthem means something to me. And by the it way, in fairness, the majority, of these, the majority of NFL athletes are great people that work so hard to get where they are like you did. Yes. And, you know, and we're paid well to do what we do. And we have to become leaders. And there's no doubt. Becoming a leader means you want to have a voice. You want to speak out. And there's no doubt. People are going to disagree with you. But in instance like this, when you protest against the police department, yeah. policemen that put their lives on the line, because I know at night when there's a policeman that's about to stop a car and he's by himself, He's by himself. He has no idea. He has no idea what's coming up. Yeah, but I'm going to have to run here. But great about this country. Yeah. One thing that's great about this country, this country was built on laws. And I think we've forgotten about the laws this country was built on. And the way we can become a better country is to continue to abide by the law. There's no doubt. Should we improve certain laws? Yes, we can improve them. But we don't improve them by 
doing what we're doing right now. All right. The great Herschel Walker, my friend. Thank you for being with us. We always love having you on. Uh, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. News Roundup Information Overload. Sarah and Greg, explosive new details. It looks like the Mueller uh, team has been caught red-handed doing things that they shouldn't be involved in. That's next. All right, News Roundup and Information Overload Hour. Sean Hannity Show. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. It's 800 800- 941 Sean, if you want to join us. A lot of news breaking today as it relates to the deep state. Number one, Congressman Mark Meadows sent a letter to the Department of Justice, Attorney General Jeff Sessions, demanding the Inspector General Michael Horowitz, the recently appointed DOJ attorney, this guy out in Utah, John Uber, uh, interview the now in battle DOJ official Bruce Orr and investigate critical violations in connection with the FBI's handling of the Russia investigation, the Bureau's process to obtain a highly secret warrant to spy on a short-term volunteer for the Trump campaign. The letter was released today encouraging both Sessions and Uber to investigate possible corruption in the FBI and for Horowitz to investigate the new findings on Bruce Orr, who has now been once the fourth highest ranking official in the DOJ, demoted twice, his wife Nellie working with the Clinton paid for uh, op research firm with funneled money through uh, Fusion GPS, hiring Christopher Steele, etc. But the new documents reveal that Orr had a longtime relationship with Christopher Steele. He was becoming the conduit. He's, he dealt with Steele both before the election, well after the election, before his firing, after he, his firing. And we just learned uh, in the last few days that the Department of Justice Bruce Orr was keeping Andrew Weissman, who's on Robert Mueller's team, in the loop about the Steele dossier, which now makes sense because in some of the text messages and correspondence that went back and forth between Bruce Orr and Christopher Steele, not only was Christopher Steele scared to death of Grassley's investigation, He was hoping the fire walls would hold when Comey was about to testify before Congress and he feared being exposed. Well, and he wanted questions and he wanted information funneled through Bruce Orr to the special counsel. Now we know that apparently Bruce Orr kept Mueller's deputy, his pit bull, in the loop in all of this. It gets very, very troublesome. Sarah Carter's article today goes through all of that and we'll get to... Some of the highlights of Meadows' letter in a second here. Uh, Catherine Herridge also has a report out on Fox News. She is reporting about Mark Meadows asking the DOJ on this very specific topic. We also know that the president is expected to declassify the redacted 20 pages of documents from the final FISA warrant application that have never been made public, which allowed the FBI to spy on Carter Page. This was long after they knew that Hillary had paid for it. They never told the court that. And a number of other discrepancies and omissions um, that that are very troubling on a whole lot of levels. Anyway, joining us is Sarah Carter, is a uh, investigative reporter, Fox News contributor, Greg Jarrett, three weeks and running, the author of the New York Times bestseller, number one bestseller, The Russian Hoax. Uh, Welcome both of you to the program. Sarah, let's start with two of your reports here. Well, I think there's just so much happening today, and I expect it to get a lot busier as the weeks come up, Sean, because there is a strong belief now, and President Trump himself has made 
a couple of statements already that he will declassify uh, 20 pages that were held top secret and classified of the FISA, of the Carter Page FISA warrant. Now, remember, over 400 pages have been turned over, uh, heavily redacted. Uh, the FISA warrant itself was heavily redacted, and there was a big battle between Congress and the DOJ over the last three or four months, in particular, was when they really intensified over getting the these 20 pages basically uh, redacted so that the American people, unredacted so that the American people could see them, uh, and then they could expose what was actually happening. We do know that a number of uh, lawmakers have already made statements that there was significant exculpatory information that was withheld from the Fisk Court, that is from the top secret court in the land, that the FBI and DOJ purposefully withheld that information because they knew about it, and a lot of that had to do with Bruce Orr and his uh, relationship with Christopher Steele, I have also been told, I have also been told, and this is new news, that there is going to be information in those documents that will shock all of us, something that we will not expect. Now, because it is highly Are you talking about the 20 pages or... Because I'm talking about the 20 pages. I'm talking about the 20 pages. Well, Sarah, I know you've long enough. We've now we've now been on this case for 20 years. And when you say something <laughs> is going to be shocking, you already know what it is. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. I wish I did know what it is. But because I have an idea, and that was only from my personal guessing from our, our work and, and the research that we've all been doing, Greg Jarrett. Can you, you give us like a headline what it might be about or who it might be about? I was told it's something that will shock the conscience. Okay, um, let's go to Greg Jarrett. Uh, look, I, I respect the fact that Sarah protects her sources, and there's a whole process by which you, 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 you get to break these news stories. I've heard the same thing Sarah has heard. Uh, the other thing, too, that I'm hearing, Sarah, is uh, beyond the 20 pages that there are a number of 302s that could be released, and there has been a lot of discussion almost from day one that some mm -hmm. of them have been altered. That's absolutely correct. Uh, those 302s are vitally important. Whether or not they have been altered, that remains to be seen. I know that the most important 302s that they're looking for right now are Bruce Orr's 302 interviews with the FBI. Remember, this is something that the Senate Judiciary Committee has been fighting tooth and nail since July to try to get these 302s out there. They believe there is extraordinary information in there, information that the American public needs to be aware of, information that Congress needs to have have to conduct oversight and in order to actually see what was going on, Sean, because we have a system here and it appears based on all the evidence that has come out that the FBI violated, just as Meadows said in his letter, critical violations, critical protocol, and possibly violated the law. And I know Greg Jarrett can explain that in the legal terms, but there is a lot of information here that the American public is still not aware of, and I believe that in the next few weeks, what has happened over the last two years will become crystal clear to the American public. So this will be the glue that ties it all together. Absolutely. Greg Jarrett. I'm hearing the same thing from my sources, who I'm pretty confident are different from your sources, but they're saying... Well, you don't like my same. sources? Are you questioning my sources? What's up my with that? you are better than your sources. No, I, I don't want to get into that, but um, my, 
my sources are telling me the exact same thing, that this will blow the Russia hoax wide open. And that at simultaneously, the fact that Andrew Weissman was in on the hoax, was well aware of the improper illegal use of the dossier to spy, uh, has now irrevocably tainted special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation and uh, and now that is imploding. And my theory is this is why uh, Mueller has finally relented uh, uh, in his demands to interview the president and that he'll take uh, a few written questions on collusion only, not obstruction, and wrap this I, whole this thing is, up. Well, because... I think that's a big development. Do you think that is a retreat by the special counsel? Could oh, absolutely, it... because he knows it was bad enough that Peter Strzok painted Bob Mueller's investigation and was fired because of it. But now we have learned that Andrew Weissman was in on the hoax. He was a participant. Uh, he well, knew why, well that, in the case of, of Strzok, we know that, that, that Mueller finally said, get out. Why is he not doing yeah. it in the case of Andrew Weissman, who I always thought you can't have any objectivity or any sense of fairness when you have Jeannie Ray and, and Andrew Weissman on your team? Well, I, I think Mueller is hoping to wrap this thing up so he doesn't have to fire Weissman. Uh, you know, they're all thick as thieves, these guys. Comey uh, and, you know, Weissman. Tell us how you really Mueller feel. Yeah. And Strzok. <laughs> now they are. Like all, I mean, and Rosenstein, all, they're a little cabal of mm-hmm. power that has wielded that power uh, in violation of the law repeatedly. And now, you know, Mueller's been caught. You know, he had a, a band of, uh, you know, 17 partisans that he uh, put together for this investigation. Andrew Weissman's the head of the list, and now Weissman has been implicated by Orr. So Weissman would have known Steele was not credible, virulently biased against Trump. The dossier was fabricated, uh, and yet uh, they went after uh, Donald Trump using that document. Does it sound as a to pretext. you like Bruce Orr told the truth? Is that why we yeah. got here? Mm-hmm. I think so, because he's in legal jeopardy. I mean, Orr knows that what he did in withholding information about his wife's role in creating the phony dossier is potentially a crime. He was profiting financially from that document while peddling it as as useful and truthful, and it wasn't. And it's a felony to use your office for personal financial gain, yet that's what he was doing. So now he's singing like a canary because he's trying to save his own butt. And, and that's uh, a great point, trying to save his own butt. But, Sean, if you read the letter from Meadows, what's so incredible here is that Bruce Orr knew there was a conflict of interest. He documented that. He documented that, and people knew that he felt there was a conflict of interest with his involvement in this investigation. So he himself implicates himself. And why and did, then why go- didn't he tell his own Department of Justice? He says he told hey. the FBI, and, and more importantly— um, why did he keep remain in contact with somebody who apparently testified to the House committees last week that he knew was not credible, Christopher, Christopher Steele? Absolutely. And let's just go back to another thing. His boss, Sally Yates, signed off on the FISA, the first FISA. That was his boss. Are you telling me she didn't know? I would want to re- I would want to question her if I was Congress. I would want to question Bruce Oregon. I would want to get to the bottom of that. And the very last FISA, that fourth FISA renewal, was signed off by none other 
than Rod Rosenstein. So Rod Rosenstein had all of that information. He signed off on that FISA. This is this 20 pages. This is Rosenstein's FISA. This is Rosenstein's FISA. Yeah. Nobody else's. So when and, it comes out, when these... they declassify these 20 pages of the final FISA, which was a culmination of all those other FISAs, the other three that they had put in, this is Rosenstein's FISA. So not only is Weissman already discredited the Mueller in, you know, special counsel investigation, but Rosenstein himself, who is supposed to be overseeing this, is I, the I, guy I, who signs off on the final FISA? You might be giving us hints into what the 20 pages could reveal. I'm very interested in what you're saying. All right. As we continue, Greg Jarrett and Sarah Carter with us. A lot of big developments here. I want to go back to the heart of this this letter that was sent by Mark Meadows, and he talks about a transcribed interview with Bruce Orr raising grave concerns related to his role as the conduit between Christopher Steele, the FBI, and as Steele compiled an, an opposition research dossier on behalf of Hillary and her campaign, and how he revealed that he had recorded the status of his wife, Nellie, the contract contractor for Fusion GPS. Again, they were, they were again, building the dossier. Uh, but I think the most important development here is the connection that Bruce Orr would take Christopher Steele's information, and we now know was feeding it to Andrew Weissman, the lead guy on Robert Mueller's team. So you have a direct line for Hillary bought and paid for lies about Russia being fed to the Mueller investigation it's it's almost unimaginable uh Greg, it's almost like you can't yeah. you can't even comprehend it you couldn't even write this if you tried because people wouldn't believe that all these connections would just be falling on top of each other once we start unraveling like you used to say the onion you know peeling back the layers of the onion or unraveling this ball of yarn let's go back sean and this was something that i uh, you know put out a little bit last night on your show um when we were talking about it but remember it was andrew weissman Remember that, who was basically contacted the AP or had made contact with the Associated Press on the Paul Manafort case. Remember that? Well, he was still head of the criminal fraud division and set up a meeting between the FBI and the Associated Press. We broke this story on your show and was trying to get or share information on Paul Manafort before he was ever appointed to the special counsel. Now, the reason I bring that up is because the FBI agents that were sitting in that interview about a month and a half before he was appointed to the special counsel sent a letter to the Department of Justice, which has never been released yet, but we know it exists, sent a letter complaining about Weissman, complaining about the fact that they put him in front of the AP, Apparently, Weissman had told the FBI that the Associated Press was going to share information with him and with them. And the Associated Press said, no way, we're um, not sharing any information. But apparently, according to my sources, Weissman was actually sharing information with the Associated Press. So nobody's ever gotten down to the bottom of that story. Uh, but Weissman has been involved in this from the beginning. From the time he was head of the criminal fraud division, he was getting information from Orr. And remember that note Orr put at the bottom of his – he had been writing these handwritten notes 
And he was specifically saying, um, you know, there's basically nothing on Trump, but we got to keep going after right. him. Stay right Manafort. there. We'll continue with Sarah Carter, uh, Greg Jarrett, on the other side of this break. A few more minutes. We'll also get your calls in here. 800-941-SEAN, our uh, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Quick break. Right back. And we will continue more of these details uh, tonight. We'll spell it all out and break it all down for you on Hannity on the Fox News. President, a lot of people are frustrated. A lot of your supporters are frustrated with the DOJ, with Jeff Sessions. There are rumors that you're going to fire him after the midterms and Rosenstein. They also want these documents. They're wondering if you will use your power to get these documents released. At the right time, I think I'm going to have to do the documents. I didn't want to, uh, but I think I'm going to have to. There's such corruption before I got here. It's from before I got here. It's the Obama administration. And you look at what happened. They surveilled my campaign. It's very simple. The FISA report, the phony fake. Rosenstein signed the last FISA report. Uh, it bothers me. It's always Will bothering. you fire him? Will you fire Sessions? Well, I'll tell you what. As I've said, I wanted to stay uninvolved. But when everybody sees what's going on in the Justice Department, I always put justice now with quotes, it's a very, very sad day. The way we operate in the Department of Justice, if we can accuse somebody of wrongdoing, we have to have admissible evidence and credible witnesses. We need to prepare to prove our case in court. And we have to fix our signature to the charging document. That's something that not everybody appreciates. Now, there's a lot of talk about FISA applications. And many people that I, I see talking about it seem not to recognize uh, what a FISA application A FISA application is actually a warrant, just like a search warrant. Uh, in order to get a FISA uh, search warrant, you need an affidavit signed by a career federal law enforcement officer who swears that the information in the affidavit is true and correct to the best of his knowledge and belief. Uh, and that's the way we operate. And if it's wrong, sometimes it is, if you find out there's anything incorrect in there, that person is going to face consequences. I wonder if he's talking about himself. That was Rod Rosenstein back in May. I wonder if he's going to eat those words at some uh, near future date, perhaps. Uh, anyway, glad you're with us. 25 down to the top of the hour. Uh, Mark Meadows sending a letter to the DOJ, the attorney general, demanding the inspector general, Michael Horowitz, the recently appointed DOJ attorney, John Huber, investigate what we now know to be Bruce Orr and, of course, his connections to Christopher Steele. And now their attempt to apparently there was some type of collusion relationship that was ongoing with Andrew Weissman in terms of information that was being backdoored or being the conduit for Christopher Steele to give his phony dossier information to Andrew Weissman, who is the lead guy on Robert Mueller's team. I think that pretty well sums it up. Greg Jarrett and Sarah Carter continue with me. Greg. Yeah, you're, you've summed it up quite nicely. Um, this is a, a corrupt endeavor to frame Donald Trump. Uh, using faulty documents that were knowingly false and fabricated, false intelligence. And all of the people, uh, including Rod Rosenstein, Andrew Weissman, all part of the Mueller investigation were involved. Uh, Peter Strzok as well. And so I think when uh, these documents are declassified by the president, maybe as early as tomorrow, although it will then take uh, several days before them to be released, I think it'll blow the whole thing wide open. And I think uh, Robert Mueller's investigation, which has already been corrupted and tainted, um, will implode, which is, and he knows it, which is why he's trying to wrap it up now, conceding that... I'm not so sure that that's necessarily... Is he trying to wrap it up, or did he want to subpoena the president, and it was the Justice Department that said, no, this has gone on far enough, we're not going to approve that tactic, and then he had to come back with, well, we may accept some written answers from the president. Well... 
you can just you can see Bob Mueller and Rod Rosenstein sitting down with a case of the for reals, as I call it, and saying, what are we going to do now to get ourselves out of this? Well, wait a minute. Why why would they finally do it? I mean, we already have gone through the history of Andrew Weissman. Nobody seemed to give a damn up to this point. Nobody gave a flying rip that the Clinton Foundation lawyer, Jeannie Ray, was appointed by Robert Mueller. Nobody cared that he had struck on his team. Nobody cared that it's, you know, what's 15 of the 16 people are all Democratic donors to Obama because and Hillary. Nobody, and Nobody implicated uh, Andrew Weissman until Bruce Orr did a week ago. Uh, and and armed with that information and knowledge that the president was going to declassify these incriminating documents, they realized that their corrupt acts were about to be exposed. Do you believe so, it? Let yeah. me ask Sarah, is, do you agree with Greg's theory on this? Because I'm not I so do. sure. I, I'm not, I, I, I'm I, not, I'm, I'm more, look, maybe I'm more skeptical. No, you know, look, I do, only for, for these reasons. I believe that they just never expected that there would be people out there with the tenacity, like Greg Jarrett, uh, like what we've been doing, other reporters out there, Daily Caller, a few others, not many, to continue to pound this into the ground, to continue to search for the truth. And every day, more and more information came out. I don't believe when Robert Mueller accepted that position, from his friends, by the way, to be the special counsel. I think in the beginning he was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I don't think he knew for a hot minute how bad it was. I think he understood that there were some issues and that he was going to maybe save some butt, like Greg said, you know. He's probably going to go out there and save a couple of his friends, to, you know, fight for Comey. So the last he's thing he's going to do is bringing in Jerome Corsi to, to try and, what, entrap Roger Stone? I mean, is that the yeah. next leg in this whole thing? There's nothing to go after. This is what's so crazy. He has to try to make cases, to put some notches on his belt, to just salvage his own legacy. He jumped into the I don't know. I, I, I have never, ever believed, and I'm listening to both of you, and both of you have been right the whole time, and I think this is the first time our, our point of view may be diverging here. I've seen no evidence at all whatsoever that they are ever going to stop until they can manufacture some crime or some roadmap to impeachment that will be their report that would be issued either before the election or after the election, should the Democrats win or maybe to assist them in winning. Well, sure, they want to, Sean. The that's report. their dream. They the want to. That's the their dream. They just be... don't have the evidence. Yeah, well, uh, you, Greg? Two things in the report will be, one, um, exculpatory of, Bob Mueller. He'll try to justify his existence and his work is legitimate. Uh, look at all of the uh, criminal charges we brought. We got a conviction on Manafort and a couple of guilty pleas. But the second part will be that he uh, will give a little tidbit of information for liberals and progressives to pursue an impeachment proceeding. He'll say something that the president's behavior was I don't know. I'll just grab a word. Suspicious in the the in how he dealt with General Flynn and the firing of Comey. Uh, he doesn't need to try to indict a sitting president because he knows he can't. Uh, you know, he can't go any further than that other than to file a report. Uh, he wants to give a little something to Congress, and that'll be the two parts of the report. Listen, I think that is a definitely a strong possibility. What happens to 
We just played the tape of Rod Rosenstein. Whatever happens to a guy like him in all of this? Well, Rod Rosenstein, I think, realizes that he's in deep trouble because he signed off on a FISA warrant, in his own words, vouching for its authenticity when he, he either knew or should have known that it was a false uh, document. He didn't do his due diligence or... You know, he'll blame somebody else. He was misled or he trusted somebody else's diligence. But the fact is he affixed his signature to it, so he is ultimately responsible. So he's looking at things like abuse of power, depriving somebody of their rights under color of law. He's looking at perjury. I mean, that, that signature is under penalties of perjury, uh, fault and misleading statements, obstruction of justice, conspiracy to defraud the government. So, you know, Rod Rosenstein, you know, I suspect will be uh, looking at some serious potential legal jeopardy, which is one of the reasons why he and Sessions will likely be fired. Do you think that anybody gets indicted in all of this and will there be any charges against anybody? Or is it if Robert Mueller says, uh, OK, we look bad in this, we're going to we're going to land the plane safely. We'll give you an out. You give us an out. Is that what's going to happen? And everybody moves on happily ever after. And we don't have equal justice. If there is an honest prosecutor who presents the incriminating evidence in front of a grand jury, I think there will be indictments, yes. Of who? Well, first of all, look at all the people who signed off on the uh, the warrant applications using phony evidence. That's James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Sally Yates, Rod Rosenstein. If Peter Strzok contributed to it, he's in jeopardy, too. So uh, no. just the use of the dossier to spy is serious felonies. Mm-hmm. Sarah? I agree. I think that if John Huber does his job, if the inspector general collects enough evidence and refers it, that there will be prosecutions. I think more importantly, Sean, I hope and I believe that if another attorney general is put in place, that they should appoint a second special counsel to investigate all of this, including Hillary's role in the past and her involvement with the uh, bleach bit and email server scandal, everything. We need to clean our house out and we need to know the truth. The American people deserve that. I think if that were to happen, that would also mean we have to go back to the beginning. And the beginning is Hillary Clinton and the and the crime she committed and the fix that was put in and the investigation into her. We also now know for a fact that it was Peter Strzok that wrote the initial draft on Hillary Clinton, which means it's James Comey that made the adjustment from, you know, the legal standard, as we have discussed many times, into a non-legal standard. He's the one that thread the needle on July 5th when he exonerated her only three days after Peter Strzok interviewed her. But the fix was in. And then you go on from there. And then we have to talk about FISA court abuse. And if we're really going to get to the truth, uh, then we've got to look at the massive surveillance abuse, not only within the Trump campaign, but the surveillance of Americans, the unmasking of Americans, the the 350 percent increase against American citizens in an election year. And if we're really going to care about the truth and we really care about Russia and Russian influence, well, then we've got to ask the question. Well, we had a spy inside of Putin's network for all the years that they were involved in bribery and extortion and money laundering and kickbacks. And even though we had a undercover, you know, uh, uh, FBI agent 
watching the whole thing and reporting back to his bosses the whole thing. Vladimir Putin was able to achieve his dream, which was a foothold into the uranium market in America, and then follow the money after that point, and all the people associated with that deal end up donating up to $145 million back to the Clinton Foundation. So if we really care about equal justice under the law, are we all going to really, do we really believe we're going to get to the bottom of the, all that? Because I don't think there's a, a shot in hell. Well, that's that's why the first step would be to get rid of but I am not Sessions cynical. and Rosenstein. No, you're absolutely right. And because Sessions, among his first duties, was to reopen the Hillary Clinton email case. Uh, the evidence was obvious against her. She committed 110 different felonies representing 110 classified documents on her private, unauthorized, unsecured email server. And I'm sure the Chinese and the Russians had all those documents and, and probably a bunch of guys in their basements uh, here in the United States. I mean, it was easy to access that information. She jeopardized national security and other people have been prosecuted for a whole lot less for doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. That case should have been reopened. Sessions didn't do it. Yet another reason why Sessions should be fired. Hey, Sean, thanks a lot. Uh, you know, uh, this turning into a, I'm sorry, guys, but this is like a broken record to all of us, us million of like-minded people that are out here watching this thing happen, watching rule of law be kicked to the side like it's absolutely nothing. And as everybody's waiting, you know, something has got to happen. Uh, the, the chief law enforcement officer of our nation is sitting on his hands doing nothing while it's evident to all of us that that you know, horrible things that are happening here to, to try to steer our government into the direction that uh, the majority of the voters of the country didn't want to go. What is going to happen? And when is it going to happen? What can the president do to right this thing before things get really ugly? What, what, what can be done? Let's get some answers. Uh, we'll start with Sarah. What do you, how do you answer that? Huh. For Steve, I mean, this is the question that everybody has been asking. Everybody is so frustrated with, you know, it's almost as if they want to exhaust us so that we stop investigating, so that we don't talk about this anymore and allow it to happen. I think the most important thing is, one, Steve, we need the president to declassify those documents. The truth needs to get into the hands of the American people first and foremost. Uh, second, these investigations need to continue, and uh, unfortunately, if uh, come November people aren't voting, uh, these investigations will cease to continue on the congressional side. We need to hold the DOJ accountable. We need to say, what is John Huber doing? We want to make sure that he's doing his job and that Inspector General Michael Horowitz gets out that report expediently and with all the facts so that we understand right. what's going quick, on. Quick answer from Greg, and we got to let you uh, go. Thank you, Steve. Well, governance uh, of, by, and for the people is only as sound and effective as the people who run it. It's susceptible to abuse and dishonesty, and that's exactly what happened in the Russian hoax. So these people need to be replaced. New and honest people should be their replacements. All right. Thank you both for being with us. We appreciate it. Greg, Sarah, great work. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. Hope you'll join us. Uh, Newt Gingrich, Jay Sekulow, John Dowd, the president's uh, attorney, will be with us. Ted Cruz, Sarah Carter, Joe DeGeneva, Gina Loudon, and much more. All coming up, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox. Don't miss it. Have a great night. We'll see you tonight at 9, back here tomorrow.
born on America's darkest day, 9-11-01. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping American heroes ever since. And when a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young kids are left behind, well, Tunnel to Towers, they pay the mortgage on the family home off to lift that financial burden. Now, for catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds, well, mortgage-free smart homes. That enables severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. And through the Foundation's Homeless Vets Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless vets. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. And people who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities, they need your help more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate 11 bucks a month. Go to their website. It's the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org. Hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns. And you can pick one up for three to four hundred bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's HenryUSA.com, free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Who does Sean Hannity choose when diversifying his savings with gold and silver? None other than the top-rated precious metals company, Gold Co. Gold Co. is a seven-time Inc. 5000 winner with thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped tens of thousands of Americans place over $2 billion in gold and silver. They're Sean Hannity's top choice. And right now, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. Go to HannityGold.com to learn more. That's HannityGold.com.